0: Come on, slap somebody a high five. Tell them you're glad to see them tonight. All right. Well, it's good to see everybody here. Y'all doing okay? Three of you. What happened? Y'all were killing it during worship. Listen, don't fall off on my watch. Come on, don't fall off on my watch. Anybody ready tonight for God's word? If you're a tenth of excited as I am, God's going to do something in you tonight. And so, uh, you know, I I think you just ought to come with expectation when you read God's word, when you sit in God's presence. If you haven't, start getting that way. Start showing up at church expecting something to happen in your life. I expect something to happen. I expect God to heal me. I expect God to fill me. I expect God to bless me. You know why? Because you're his kid. Come on. And so we just got to show up with expectation, trust God is a good God, trust He's a good father, and he's going to do good things in his children. So listen, I want to jump into this. We're going to open uh, straight away with the scripture. If you have your Bible, I want you to open it up. Um, whether it's digital or paper, whatever you got. Genesis chapter 7, verse 11, I just want to read one scripture here to open our time up together. Genesis chapter 7, verse 11, It says this. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month. Don't y'all love the detail that God cares about our lives? See, I just want you to know this right up front. God doesn't just have your what figured out. He has your when figured out. Like, he's got it all laid out, man. That just should bring us comfort. But notice it says this about this man Noah again. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the, seventh month, seven, uh, in the second month, in the 17th day of the month, On that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of heaven were open. I want everybody just to shout those two words, broken up. What I want to talk about tonight is that there is um, broken things have greater value. Everybody say that, broken things, come on, say it, broken things have greater value. Now, you can't say it because it's counterintuitive, it's not what we believe, and it's not what we think. But I promise you, that's God's perspective, and so I've I've really been very passionate this week. I feel like God has uh, really given me this word tonight, whether it's for someone online or someone here, for all of us. Um, I want God to really speak to your heart tonight, and to do something really supernatural, something significant in your life, something you can look back on this day and say, "That's that's the day, that's the day everything changed. That's the day that that was the service." that God transformed my life. Come on, everybody say, broken things have greater value. Anybody see the movie or see the TV show, uh, American Pickers? Anybody? Uh, man, I, does anybody else absolutely love that show? It's, here's a crazy thing. It's been on almost uh, 10 years already. Man, time absolutely flies. If you've never seen the show, American Pickers is about these two guys. Uh, probably junkers is a more accurate term. Pickers is the glorified term. But these two guys, and they travel around the country, and they got this little van deal going on, and they will find these spots where they can stop and they can pick, which means they go into basements and barns and attics and sheds, and they, they dig through stuff, and they, they find old discarded treasure. And the reason, there's, there's lots of reasons I dig this show. Part of it is because, I don't know about the rest of you, but there's still that kid in me Anybody here remember like when you were a kid, I loved to climb in my, in my grandparents, especially like in their basements and attics. Like it was always like this treasure hunt. Like you never knew what you would find. And it was always cool until my parents found out like I was digging through their drawers and then it wasn't fun no more. But like just that, just the thought of like maybe there's something magical there to find. And so this show, that's what it's all about. These guys just crawling through stuff and finding all of these things. But it's not just the kid in me, it's also the critic in me. Because when they finally find something, they, you know, they hold it up to the camera and they describe what it is and you know, when it was made and how old it is. and It's always the craziest thing because it's like this rusty toy from 1920. It doesn't even roll anymore, more. it's missing two tires, one wheel's bent, all the paint scuffed off. And then they'll hold it up and they'll say like, this is, you know, if we give them $200 for this, we can sell it for $500. And the critic in me always thinks, what fool would pay $500 for an old rusty car? Like, you can go get 500 Hot Wheels from Walmart for $500. And they roll in a straight line. So it's this thing is so cool. But at the end of the day, I think the thing that captivates me, and you may not realize it, and I think captivates you, is that, again, it's about these two men who are climbing over mounds of discarded items and combing through old treasures. And they're finding things that have since been forgotten in recalling their value. And the reason I think that's important is because that's really the heart of the Father. I want you to know that's who God is. God is the original picker. He's the original picker. He's the one that climbs over broken, discarded, forgotten, hurting lives, and he finds value where it has been forgotten. And that's why I came to tell you tonight that broken things have greater value. Jesus is the original picker. And you may not see it in you, and your friends may not see it in you, people you hang out with may not see it in you, but it's not because it's not in you. They just don't have the eyes to see what God sees about you to be absolutely true. So some of us in this room, we are like those old treasures that the pickers find in the attics and the sheds and the garages and the barns you know maybe you're here tonight and you are broken maybe you have a situation in your life and you're hurting you know in a room this size and people watching online there's no doubt some of you in this room you don't feel you don't feel up to the value of maybe somebody else sitting beside you it's often that we feel in this world less than other people rarely i mean i Maybe you feel this way, and if you do, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you have this kind of confidence. But I think if most of us were honest, we navigate this world, and, and maybe we can point out some strengths that we have. Maybe we can point out some things that we feel like we're doing okay. But if we're honest, most of us in this room, we walk through life, and we look at other people, and we convince ourselves or we believe about ourselves that we're not as good as them, smart as them, good-looking as them, put-together as them. We don't have their marriage. We don't have their strength. We don't have their money. It's easy in this world to feel broken. And some of you in this room, that describes you, you feel less than. And some of you feel less than because you are broken, because you've gone through broken situations. And you've come out of broken marriages or broken relationships. Or your life is broken because you've gone through a season of addiction. And again, all of us in this room, we all have a history of brokenness. And that brokenness leads us to believe that we have no value. But I'm going to keep saying it because I want you to wake up in the middle of the night. I want you like, to come up like awake. God's the original picker because he sees value in you where other people have forgotten it. He sees things in you that nobody else sees. Genesis chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, going back to this, this one scripture we read in Genesis chapter, chapter 7. Genesis chapter 7, if you don't know the background, is the time that, uh, that God floods the earth. And regardless of your perspective, we're not going to hang there. We're not even going to hang on the fact whether that literally happened or not. Jesus taught it did, and I'm going to go with Jesus. The guy who predicts his death and resurrection and pulls it off, I'm going with him. And so, but at the end of the day, this is the story that there was a time that wickedness filled the earth. God was fed up because he's a holy God. God is okay with you, but he's not okay with your sin. Y'all aren't going to help me at all, are you? Just think about somebody else when I say that and say amen for them. Amen. Just look at somebody and point to them. Amen. But at the end of the day, so God floods the earth, but he, there's one man, the Bible says, Noah, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And God takes this one family, he, he commissions Noah to build an ark, and over this period of time, he builds an ark, and then a flood comes. Where does the flood come from? Well, it tells us right in this verse. But I want to go back, because this is where it was established, Genesis chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 7, all the way back in creation, it said this, then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Are you confused yet? Thus God made the firmament, watch this, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. So God, again, he sets this, and there's different ways to think about this, but just imagine the waters below are the seas and the oceans and the rivers and the streams. That's what God made in his creation. In, in in the, the waters above, the, the, the clouds, the water vapors. But some people teach and some people believe that this firmament was like this water canopy that was over all of creation. And that's one of the reasons that people live so long is because the, the radiation of the sun wasn't able to penetrate through that canopy. But part of God's judgment, the way he flooded the earth, Genesis tells us in 7 verse 11 that he broke that canopy up. All of that thick water layer, whatever it was that was there, he broke it up and it came down. And it was that water that came from down and water that came out of the ground was enough to flood the earth all over the entire face of the planet. Come on, that's a lot of water. That's the deep end, baby. But here's what I want you to see in this is that, again, this idea that we're reading in Genesis seven eleven. This, this, this firmament was broken up. Again, we hear the word broken, and we think broken means no value. In reality, is God uses broken things. In fact, God, he uses the best things are the broken things. And side note real quick, I won't spend a lot of time here, but I want you to notice that he's the one who broke it. It didn't come broken because of somebody else. He chose to break it, to use it. And so if you're taking notes, again, we think broken things have no value. God thinks broken things have greater value. Come on, everybody say greater value. See, we love the shiny, don't we? We love the new. We love the stable. We love the strong. We love the new paint job. We love the new car leather smell. Woo! We love new shoes. We love the feel. We love everything that's new and nice and neat and put together. Nobody here wakes up Christmas morning glad they got something used. Nobody here is glad. Come on, anybody here? I was the youngest of three brothers. Come on. There are some privileges to being the youngest, except when you're a kid and you get all the hand-me-downs. Come on, y'all ain't going to help me at all, are you? Like, I was not glad to get new clothes because my clothes weren't new. They were third generation. They were new to me, but they were third generation old. I just got to say this. This has nothing to do with the message, but this was before we didn't have a shower. We had a bathtub. Oh come on! I gotta go back. I start in line, baby. I know. I'm just telling you that's how it is. Be thank- when you get in your shower tonight and fresh water's coming out on your body. Be like, thank you, Jesus. Woo, thank you, Lord. So here's the thing. So we like new things. We like things put together. We like strong, stable, neat, new, shiny. And so in our mind, broken things have less value. In fact, if we break something, it decreases in value. In God's economy, if he breaks it, it increases in value. It only gets better. I'll prove it to you. 1 Corinthians 11, 24, watch this. I'll show you how in God's economy, broken things have greater value. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, this is the apostle Paul. He is referring to the conversation that Jesus has At the Last Supper, and notice he refers specifically to this comment Jesus makes. We say it all the time when we take communion together. 1 Corinthians 11, 24. Come on, y'all read this with me. And when he had given thanks, Jesus, he broke it. Come on, everybody shout, broke it. And said, take ye, This is my body, which is what? Broken for you. In our economy, broken things have no value or less value. But the body of Jesus was broken for us. The thing you better recognize is his broken body increased our value. Jesus said it this way. Jesus said, listen, unless unless a grain of wheat Unless it it dies and goes into the ground, it remains alone. But if it falls into the ground, it'll bring a harvest, which means what Jesus did by dying on the cross for us, by him laying down his life, by him allowing himself to be broken, it multiplied health and spiritual health all over all all of us in this room. So his brokenness brought greater value. Not just that, but also uh, Paul, he tells us this in Philippians, that after Jesus died and After he was resurrected, Philippians chapter 2 tells us after that, that he ascended to the right hand of the the father, Ephesians 1. In Philippians 2, it says this, and God gave him the name that's above every name. What was the name? Y'all aren't sure. What's the name that's above every name? Jesus. That name did not exist in the context of his anointed one until after the life of death and resurrection of jesus now every one of us in this room because he was broken we have on our tongue the most powerful name that authority that devils bow that sickness flees that darkness goes through the name of jesus so i'm just telling you brokenness in our economy like we're like no that's that's not good we have to discard it we got to throw it away we have to get a new one what do you do when you are the broken thing you can't get a new you What do you do when you're broken and nobody can heal you? Nobody can fix you. Nobody can mend you. And so we walk through life feeling devalued and we look around and everybody's better than us. Everybody's put more, put better together than us. And and so we walk around with this less than mentality and then God shows up and he says, "Oh, I can do something great with your brokenness if we'll give him a chance. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 29. Turn there real quick. Why do greater things, why do, great, uh, why do things have uh, greater value and brokenness? Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 29. Are y'all with me tonight? He says this. He says, Paul, he says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise. According to the flesh. When he says according to the flesh, he's saying the way that you and I view things. Come on, because our economy is not God's economy. The way we see things is not the way God sees things. The way you see yourself in the mirror is not the way God sees you. Come on, please don't leave me up here because if if you, you don't help me here, I will quit preaching right now, leave and go home out of embarrassment. Has anybody ever sat here or anybody here in this room sitting here, have you ever looked in the mirror and despised something you saw about yourself? Help me. Anybody here ever, ever made, maybe it's me, maybe I'm crazy. Anybody here, have, have, have you ever made a mental top five list of the things you wish you could change about yourself? Y'all see this, y'all see this bump on my, my eyebrow? I know you never noticed it before. It's my brain bulging, but like I wish I could fix that. I wish I could fix that. I wish I didn't have that. Gosh, I hate that about me. Man, I hate the way that looks. Gosh, I hate the way that makes me feel. And so we go through this thing where we just kind of keep devaluing ourselves because we are looking at ourselves with natural eyes. And so Paul is saying the way you look at yourself and the way we look at each other and the way we value things in this economy, when you do it with your eyes, you're going to miss the mark. And you're going to place the wrong price and the wrong value on something because you're looking at it with the wrong point of view. For you see your calling, brethren, not that many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many nobler called. What he's saying is God doesn't pick the people we would pick. God doesn't use the people we would use. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to say you keep disqualifying yourself and God keeps trying to qualify you. You're saying I can't be used because I'm broken until I get it together. God says the fact that you don't have it together is the thing that qualifies you. He says it, he goes on, verse 27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. If you feel despised, if people say you are despised, be like, thank you Jesus, it just set me up. You just increase my value. You just up my price tag because God sees the things that everybody else despises as priceless. He goes on, he says and he finished. He says, watch, this. he said, God has chosen. He said, in the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. Here's why broken things have greater value. Because if you already are wise, you don't need wisdom. If you're already strong, you don't need strength. If you already have it all together, you don't need help. So the fact that you don't have it all together, you become a magnet to God's presence. God sent his son to the world, not for healthy people, but for broken people. Jesus didn't stand back and wait for the healthy people to come to him. He went to the broken people. God is drawn in his mercy to people who are broken. And so that this effort in the culture we live in of self-help, you gotta get it together. You gotta cap your teeth, you gotta suck the fat out of your belly, you gotta keto yourself into shape, you gotta make sure you're driving the best, looking the best, even if you can't afford it and put it on a credit card. You gotta fool everybody around you. Smile when you're in public, even though you beat your wife when you're in private, act like everything looks good. He's saying, Listen, that image that this world wants you to fix yourself, it will only lead to you setting your own value if you'll say, God, I I am who I am, God says, I'll show you the value that you really have. It's crazy. It's one of the things that Jesus warned most about in Scripture. If you have money, listen up. No, everybody's, nobody's listening <laughs> because you always think it's the next income level. Is Rufus Baker here? He's not here. Rufus Baker posted something. You know Rufus. He's a great dude. Rufus Baker posted <laughs> It's the funniest thing. I almost had to pull over. I was laughing so hard I almost wrecked my car, which meant I was looking at Facebook while I was driving. But that's (laughs) that totally didn't go the way I seen that going. (laughs) But he said (laughs) he said this. He said something like if. If you don't use your extra napkins from fast food places as tissues in your car, you're in another tax bracket. I mean, come on. But here, here's what's crazy. is So Jesus, he comes on, and I'm telling you, my income level has gone up through the years. You skip $5 for mowing a lawn. First job I ever had, I made $3.76 an hour. I don't make $3.76 an hour now. And you better be aware as your income level goes up that Jesus issues all kinds of warning to the rich. The problem is we always put off the rich as next level on the socioeconomic scale. But the reason for the warnings to the rich is this. If you have it all together and your money can buy you everything you need, you'll never turn to the one who can only give you what you really need. So be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Because if you got it all figured out, if you're as wise as you need to be, as strong as you need to be, everything's put together, you're as healthy as you can ever get, you'll never turn to the one who can do it for you. So it's this beautiful thing where we recognize and we own our brokenness. God, I am broken. I am a mess. I have made some mistakes. I have fallen short. I've gone through some rough patches. I've gone down a spiritual trail. I hope I'd never gone on, but here I am, God. I found myself in a place of deception and brokenness and disobedience. God, I married the person everybody said don't marry, and now I'm divorced. God, what do I do? God's like, you're just the person I was looking for. I'm about to do something through you that everybody said I could never do this thing through. Because the world looks for the perfect. The world looks for the people who have it all put together. But God looks for the people who are broken. Come on, broken things have greater value. I don't have time to get into this story, but there's, there is a story in the Old Testament in Joshua. So God brings the nation of Israel um, out, of, out of Egypt. They're wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They cross over. Moses dies. Joshua becomes uh, the leader of the nation of Israel. And here's what's crazy. They're getting ready to cross over into the promised land. And God keeps telling them that they can possess the land. Possess the land literally means you can have it once you dispossess the people who currently have it. Which means if you're going to have what God wants you to have, sometimes you got to fight to have it. God doesn't always hand deliver what he has for us. He gives us the opportunity to have it if we'll fight for it. And so he tells Joshua, listen, go into the land and possess the land, which means all this, all the nation has to go in and fight for it. But he he makes it really clear, don't make the mistake and think that you can have it because you're a strong fighting army. Don't make the mistake and think about it's because of how large your army is or how, how powerful your army is. In fact, David got in some of the greatest trouble in his life by counting his army. What he was saying is don't look at how much you have it put together. And then God did this to him. This is crazy. And only the men can appreciate this. Are you ready? Women, just pretend. They cross over. Once they're over on the other side, then God tells Joshua, now circumcise all the men. Ooh. Hmm. Wait a minute, God. Wouldn't it have been better if, you, if we circumcised like, how'd you like to have that job? How do you interview for that job? I mean, nobody was answering the help wanted ad that day. Somebody had to do it. It would have made sense, God, let's circumcise on this side so we have time to heal so when we go into the promised land, we're strong and ready to fight. What God was doing was he's saying, I want you to be in the most vulnerable situation possible so when you possess the land, you won't think it's you that got it but I that gave it to you because broken things have greater value. And so what is no good to man is glorious to God. I love this man because I've seen this happen over and over and over again in my life and other people's lives, what put, we put broken things in the trash, God puts them on a platform. And I'm not always saying this kind of platform, but God will use you in phenomenal ways where other people have discounted you and written you off. Other people put you in a spiritual shed and said, you're junk, you're no good, you got a rusted wheel and you don't roll straight. But God said, you're just the person, you're just the candidate I can use because when I use you, it'll be no mistake, nobody will think it's you, everybody will know it's me using you and I'll get the glory and you won't. But get ready to be used anyways. Come on. on. So we don't like the process. I, I can be the first one to say it. I don't like being broken when I'm broken. I don't like going through the things that I have gone through, there's nobody in this room, if you are broken or you've gone through broken seasons, there's nobody can say, man, it wasn't it great? But what you need to know is that sometimes being broken is the only way to get greatness out of you. That's the only way to get what's in you out of you is to break you. Genesis 7, 11, again, this verse we open with, I want you to notice, again, what it says, just this part of the phrase. After God breaks up this firmament, after he breaks it, it says this, and the windows of heaven were open. Everybody say that, and the windows of heaven were open. You know what the windows of heaven being open are a picture of? God's blessing, not his judgment. So wait a minute, man, that's broken, is God saying, oh, baby, when you get broken, get ready for blessing to pour out of your life. And that's exactly what happened. In fact, you go on, Mark chapter 14, verse three, there's a story of this woman who has a radical encounter uh, with God's love and she goes and she goes to worship Jesus and it says this, watch it, Mark 14, three, in being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, Jesus, watch this, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Come on, what does she do? She broke the flask and poured it out on his head. How did she get what was valuable in it out of it? She had to break it. Just uh, just real quick, i got to give you this. Ephesians 1.18, you know what it says about you? That you have have, uh, the riches of his glory in you. So if God puts something great in you, how do you think he's going to get it out of you? Same way he's gotten great things out of people, generation after generation, situation after situation. He does it by breaking you. And if he allowed his son to be broken, don't fool yourself into thinking that you'll miss the process too, to get the best out of your life. See, we keep telling ourselves like, not me. I'm not there yet. I'm not ready yet. Let me fix this. Let me get this in order. And God says, no, no, no. Like, don't fix it yourself. First of all, you can't fix yourself. You can fool yourself into thinking you're fixed. That's called self-righteousness. But when you recognize how really broken you are, you'll believe, I can't fix this. And God says, finally, you realize there's only one person who can fix you, and here I am. And Jesus will show up and be the one to make you whole. It's like this, you know, man, piggy, anybody had a piggy bank back in the day? Come on, man, you stuff that money in there, jam some money into it. There's only one way to get the money out. Only one way to get the goods out. Only one way to get the cash out. Come on. You got to break it. So I don't know what's caused your brokenness, but I can tell you tonight what God can use it for. I don't know the depth of your pain, but I can tell you about the level of opportunity that God can use it for. Broken things in God's economy always, always has greater value. And so we can keep showing up in church and comparing notes and looking each other up and down, and we can keep looking in mirrors at all the things we don't like. We can keep looking at balance sheets and scales. And we can keep scrolling through social media, comparing ourselves to others, thinking I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not thin enough, I'm not educated enough, I don't like this, 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 this. Here's what I went through, here's where I'm hurting, here's where I'm struggling, and continue to set ourselves on the sideline And tell God, God, you can use me when I'm fixed. Or we can recognize, God, I'm broken, so I'm in the perfect place to be used by you. I don't hear this much anymore because I've been saved longer. And I don't see a lot of the people I came up with because I'm a little bit older and I don't live in the north anymore. But I can tell you for years and years and years, when I first went in the ministry and I would run into friends that I ran with and partied with and fought with and carried on with almost every time. You know, you get together and you compare, like, what do you do? Well, what do you do? Where do you live? Where do you live? And I would tell them, I'm a pastor. I wish I had to look. Because they'd be like, you're what? I swear half of them thought I was lying. Because I'm the last person to ever stand on a platform and tell anybody about God, to tell anybody about how to live a life. So that's the thing that I believe has given me my confidence. It's not my ability. It's not my education. I'm not the best communicator you'll ever hear. I'm not the most eloquent speaker you'll ever hear. I often don't get was and were, seen and saw right. In fact, almost never, which I should just automatically flip-flop it in my head, but I don't. And God says, you're just a man I can use. So whatever's going on in your life and wherever you're disqualifying yourselves, stop allowing the brokenness to be your ticket out. Get your ticket in. All of us are broken. Maybe you're broken because you made poor choices. Worse yet, maybe you're broken because someone else made choices that you had no control over. But make no mistake, everybody in this room if we're honest, or broken somewhere. And God's like, that's great. I can use every last one of you. Because it's out of the brokenness that value comes. Genesis 721, So we get ready to wrap this up, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Your brokenness isn't a boundary, but it's a new beginning. I want you to see this, Genesis uh, 721 again. So, God breaks the firmament, all the water comes down, it floods the earth, and the purpose of flooding the earth was to kill all the flesh on the earth, not just man, but all the animals, which is why God instructed and sent two of every kind to get on the ark. Genesis 7, 21, watch this. It says, In all flesh died. Doesn't that sound morbid, bad? All flesh died that moved on the earth, birds and cattle and beasts and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and every man. See, we read that and we see, see, there it is. Broken things brings death and destruction and hopelessness. That's why I feel the way I feel. But if you miss it, you'll miss the very fact that this wasn't about an old thing passing away. It was about a new thing beginning. God was bringing a brand new beginning to mankind. That was the purpose of it. So I just came to say today and tonight that maybe just maybe tonight's a new beginning for you. That in your brokenness and in your pain and in your hurt and in your heartache, in your disappointment, all the things you call yourself and all the things other people have called you, something glorious can arise. Genesis seven eleven, and we'll close with this, says, again, just three words I want to pick out. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, in the 17th day of the month, come on, these next three words, read it with me, on that day. What if this day is that day for you? Like the ferment had been up there since creation and God chose a very specific time to say, now the brokenness brings blessing. What if today is your day? It's your choice. See, here's the crazy thing. When you look at brokenness, uh, Psalm 51, it's crazy, watch this. Psalm 51, God says that that he loves a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And then I I open with this. Jesus said, I came to bind up the broken heart. Well, God, which is it? Do you love a broken heart or do you want to fix a broken heart? He says, it depends. If your heart's broken, I want to make it whole. But if your heart's whole, put together, and you think it's all about you, I can't use you until you let me break you. So where are you at? If you're broken, let him make you whole. If you're whole and you think you got it all together, the only way you can experience the true grace of Jesus is to knowledge, you're not really whole and you're not really put together, and he needs to break you. But wherever you're at, whatever your hurt is and your pain, I really came tonight just believing that the Spirit of the Lord is going to deposit this word in your heart. That every time you discount yourself and disqualify yourself, and every time someone bullies you or puts you down, or every time you acknowledge your failures in the mirror, you'll stop allowing that to equate to not being used by God, to being a disappointment. Truly, from cover to cover, I almost just spent time and I was just going to read because I, as I was getting ready, like I was like, I just can't go through all these. I could stand up here for the next 20 minutes and name person after person after situation after situation where broken things get used by God because that's who he is. So I'll say it one more time. Broken things have greater value. Y'all bow your heads and your hearts with me. Lord, I'm thankful, God, tonight that you just continue to use what other people say are unusable. God, I'm thankful that, God, and all of the things that disqualify us and all the things we discount on our lives, God, are the things that you look at and say, I can use that. And so, Lord, I pray whatever whatever's the reason behind our pain. Some of you in this room have maybe been abused at someone else's hands. Some of you have been abused physically or sexually. And you hate what you see in the mirror. And someone else has defined you. And maybe it's a set of circumstances that life brought your way. And you just tell yourself smarter people would have found a way out by now. And maybe something's wrong with me. Whatever the reason for your pain, come on, I want you to know tonight that God knows where you're at. He knows your hurt. He knows your struggle. He knows how you got there. And I want you to know tonight, listen to me. It does not disqualify you. It sets you up tonight for you to experience the grace and the mercy and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so all over this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're struggling with pain and heartache, there's some area of brokenness in your life and maybe up to this point, like you've just failed to see any value in it. In fact, you have disqualified yourself. If you're here, man, and you are struggling with hurt and pain and disappointment and brokenness, and you need God to show up in that tonight, regardless of your age, regardless of how long you've been in church, if that's you, I want you just to lift a hand. Come on. Pastor, I've got pain in my life. I've got brokenness in my past. I'm going through a situation. I'm dealing with hurt. I've suffered at other people's hands. Come on, lift your hand if that's you. And, Lord, I just feel like I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. So, Father, all over this room, over every hand, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will give us eyes to see what you see. That, Lord, in spite of where we've been and what we've done, we still have value. And Lord, I pray, God, even in our current pain, even in our brokenness, you can use us. And so, Lord, I pray that, God, every person in this room, God, would sense that they're qualified. They're not disqualified. They're not counted out. Lord, I pray that they would know they have a purpose in your kingdom. You still have a plan for their life. In their pain, your plan didn't cease. In fact, it increased. And so, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, let healing begin as well. I pray, Father, where the pain is too great to bear, where the brokenheartedness is too heavy to carry, Lord, I pray that, God, your power and your mercy and your grace, God, would flood every life, heal every heart that's broken, and broke, break every heart that's whole. God, I pray, Lord, all of us together would bend the knee to the only one who knows our true value. And so, Father, we receive it. I pray, God, let the Spirit of the Lord tattoo that on our hearts tonight that greater things the broken things have greater value in Jesus name and everybody who agrees said amen amen come on man can we honor the lord tonight